Welcome back to Become a Calm Mama. I'm your host. I'm Darlene Childress. I'm a life and parenting coach. And today I'm going to help you navigate winter break. I'm going to give you a few tips. I'm going to give you four tips for you and four tips for your kids. So we're going to kind of walk you, I'm going to walk you through some strategies and some ways to like prepare your brain and also some practical tools so that you don't feel so overwhelmed during winter break because it is, it can be a long haul, especially if you're like my kids where, you know, all of the holiday festivities, Christmas and New Year's happen in the beginning. And then there's a whole week where there's nothing to anticipate. So that can be, you know, really like boring for kids and also hard for us. Okay. So how can you take care of yourself during this winter break? And what are some strategies? So in the holiday guide, I don't know if you have got a copy of that yet. You can still get that on my website, but I have, you know, four strategies in the calm for the holiday guide called make your life work for you. And essentially, these are little tips that you just need to keep in mind as the holidays go forward and as the winter break, you know, gets underway of what are you supposed to do to take care of yourself? Because what happens to moms a lot of times is that we sort of just start going like it's like a runaway train, like it's just like and the next thing you know, you are just catapulted or burst out of a cannon. Look at me just, you know, creating so many different analogies. But anything that like projects forward without control, that is a little bit what it can feel like this holiday season. So I want to help you feel like you are empowered to put the brakes on. Because when you are overwhelmed and you have no time and you have no energy to take care of yourself, it's going to take away from being present and enjoying the season with your kids. So that's my hope for you is that you actually enjoy this time with your kids and that you're able to, you know, be creative and play and come up with ideas to do with them. And, you know, all those fun little Pinterest and Instagram videos of like things to do with your kids that you want to do. I want you to have energy to do that. So how do you do that? The first is just not over scheduling yourself, not over to-do listing yourself, right? Really analyzing and thinking about, okay, where am I right now? What can I actually handle? What, where are my kids? What's been going on for them? What, you know, is it a disaster to go to restaurants? Then don't go to restaurants. Is going to, you know, different people's houses, is that really difficult for you? Maybe you want to make that really minimized how much, how often you go to play dates or you go to, you know, little gingerbread parties and things like that. So check in with yourself, check in with your kids and think about how much time and energy and mental capacity do I have? And if you're really depleted and you're really low, then I want you to just opt out. I want you to stop and say, no, change of plans. We're not going to do that. Do not push yourself. Because what I see happen to moms a lot is that they kind of push themselves and they get through, like maybe you make it all the way to New Year's or maybe you just make it to Mama Day holiday, which is the day after Christmas. It's the official Mama Day break day. And that is on December 26th. Maybe you make it that far. But what I see is that because you're been running yourself ragged, you end up being sick or your kids end up being sick and you spend the break 
ill, which is actually not a problem in, in many ways, because then you're, you know, connecting and, you know, watching movies and snuggling and all of those things. But what if you just planned to snuggle and watch movies and eat popcorn and you took care of yourself so that when you were doing those things, you enjoyed them? Wouldn't that be nice? So actually um, moving in this winter break and this holiday season with the energy that you have, with the mental capacity that you have, not pushing yourself. So that's tip number one, don't push yourself. The next one is similar, right? It's not it's not people pleasing. It's not doing things that are outside of what you want to do or can handle. And it's okay for you to disappoint people. It's okay for you to, you know, change your plans to say yes and then say no. Or someone invites you to something and just be like, no, it's not going to work for us. I have some people in my life that do this. They have really strong boundaries and they take really good care of themselves. And sometimes I feel a little sting when they say no or they say, oh, we can't go after all because so-and-so has a cold or we're not feeling up for it or today's, you know, been difficult. And then they'll take care of themselves by setting boundaries. And I always feel a little bit like, well, that hurts. Like, come on, suck it up. (laughs) Come do my, come play with me. And, but I also can look at what they're doing and look at that as permission that it's okay for me to change my mind. It's okay for me to say no. So when I, go outside of what I have capacity for, and I people please, I end up uh, feeling like crap, to be honest. You know, I end up not enjoying the thing or being resentful or going and doing the thing I don't want to do and getting home and dumping it on the kids. So you can just say no, right? Try it out. Just say, hey, friend, I changed my mind. It's not going to work. And, and just see what happens. Most of the time, the person has their negative feeling and then it passes, just like all feelings. It doesn't usually, you know, create long-term damage if you just take care of yourself. So being, don't push yourself, be honest about what you can handle. Ask for help. Now, this is a difficult one a lot of times for, for moms, especially because we kind of feel like it's our job to do all the holiday stuff and to handle all the parts. And I have learned this the hard way that my partner, my husband, he really does want to participate in our life. He wants to, you know, be part of it. Like he wants to know what we're giving everybody for Christmas or he wants to, you know, be in on in on it. But I have kind of overproduced been overproductive over the years and forgot to ask. Just invite him in. I even forgot to invite my family members in when I host events or, you know, and say, hey, can you bring this or that? I just end up doing it all. And and then I get really, really tired and sometimes resentful. So it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to take your neighbor up on something that they said, hey, you know, we'd love to watch your kids or we'd love to take your walk your dog or whatever they've said. And it's like, oh no, I could never, I could never. It's like, no, let, let your people help you. They want to, right? If your best friend says, oh my gosh, you know, you just seem so overwhelmed. Let me take the kids. Let me, I, I've, I've got it. Let her take them. Let your people love you. Let them, you know, show up for you. 
it actually feels really good to help somebody. You love it, right? You're probably a helper. So you can take advantage of it when someone offers to you. The fourth tip, so we've got, remember, don't push yourself. Say no to some things. It's okay to say no. Ask for help. And then decreasing the noise. So I've been really trying to practice this in my life and by not having so many inputs on my phone or even in my life in general. So just kind of keeping things simple, keeping clutter down, you know, not having a lot of stuff around, and but mostly like cleaning up the noise in my social media world, cleaning up the noise from my phone, essentially. And um, like over the winter break, I've decided I'm going to take social media off my phone completely. I'm going to really check out and not, not be on it. I don't even know what I'm doing on there half the time. I'm just looking for like just scrolling or, or checking, checking, checking. And so I'm just going to take that week off and not check. And I'm really excited about it. Another thing is I don't have a lot of notifications on my phone. I've been with other friends and their phone is ding donging the whole time. And that is actually upsets your nervous system. It activates your cortisol. It can activate your dopamine too, but too much dopamine without any production. Like if you have dopamine and then you do something with it, that feels really good. But if you just pump yourself with dopamine and it doesn't go anywhere, that feels not good. So you can read less news. You can leave toxic Facebook groups. You can end friendships that hurt you. You can don't reply to text messages that bug you. You can turn off notifications on your phone. You can decrease the noise in your life. So those are my tips. Now, what are you going to do with this extra time? What are you going to do with this extra space? What are you going to do? You're going to connect with your kids. You're going to connect with yourself. You're going to spend time laughing, hopefully playing games with them. Spending time in nature, breathing, exhaling, actually going, right? Connecting with your body in the holiday guide. There are all those different parasympathetic nervous system resets. If you don't have a copy of this, you need to get it because we did these in the holiday party and everybody said they walked away feeling so much better. They came to the holiday party feeling stressed. And I only did like two or three of these reset strategies. And everyone was like, oh, I feel so much better. And so get, doing one or two of these a day is going to help you reset your nervous system. The goal for you, I'm sure, is that you feel calm this holiday season, that you don't feel frantic, that you don't feel rushed, that you don't feel like you're just going from one activity to another. If you are in that space and it's busy and overwhelming, you aren't going to enjoy it. You're not going to remember the feelings. Sometimes I talk about like chasing sparkles. Like we're going to chase these little moments of time, like vignettes. My friend has this um, Instagram site called Everyday Vignettes of, of Joy. I think it's what it's called. And she just kind of pauses in her day and notices things. She just goes like, you know, like a little snapshot in her mind when she takes the photo. And then she captures these little tiny moments and she stores them up. And I think of those as sparkles. Like 
where do I find the sparkle in my life? And how can I be present in my holiday experiences, in my winter break, and take take notice and take take almost like a little snapshot in my heart and go, oh, I want to remember this. I want to remember the way this feels. I want to remember the way that it smelled in this room. I want to remember my smile, the smile on my kid's face. You can actually take an actual photo too. <laughs> that works. But you, I want you to be chasing sort of these very, very special, sweet moments. And you will, you will only experience those if you are present and calm. That's the bummer. So when we're rushed around, we end up getting sick, we end up getting burned out, and we end up missing our own life. So you get to pick how you want your season to go. You have power, power to say no, power to uh, not push yourself, power to ask for help, and power to decrease the noise in your life, which is really cool. I love it. Okay, let's move on to your children. (laughs) This is a parenting podcast, in case we forgot. Um, It's not just a life coaching podcast. It's not just about self-care. It's also about parenting, right? So let's, let me give you some tips for understanding or like, you know, being attuned to where your kids are during winter break and how to support them and how to create, you know, better scenarios like decreased misbehavior, decreased meltdowns, all of that. So the first thing I want you to understand is that for your kids, the holiday season and then particularly winter break it's pretty stressful for them too. We don't think of it this way. We think, oh my God, they're children and they're just like, you know, living their best life and having, you know, magic all the time or whatever. But it's actually stressful when routines are disrupted. That's just true for kids. It doesn't mean you have to be consistent all the time and like be perfect about your routine. I just want you to be aware That if you have a big day of like a big exhale day and a lot going on, the next day you might want an inhale day. You might want to have a day where you set right back to your routines because your kids, their nervous system is more sensitive than yours, believe it or not. And so they're dysregulated easier than you. And one of the things that causes dysregulation is when the routine changes, especially when they're littler. But even older kids, like, you know, they need downtime. They need to have a pace of life that fits with their uh, their nervous system. So, okay. So kids, your kids are actually feeling a little bit stressed. Their routines are changing. And then also there's like a letdown for kids. There's this anticipation disappointment cycle that kind of happens over winter break. And you might have seen this with birthday parties in the past or holidays in the past. There's almost like, I remember this when I was a kid, I would have the idea that I was going, I don't know why I thought this because it didn't ever happen, but I thought I was going to get everything on my wish list. (laughs) You know, like, like all the Cabbage Patch dolls and, you know, an Etch-A-Sketch and a Light Bright and, you know, a Cabbage Patch, I mean, a Rainbow Bright, whatever. I had like in my head, all the things that I was going to get a bike and also like, you know, whatever. And then I remember feeling this way, like I would open up all the presents and I would always feel a little bit like, ah, and I realized it's my mindset was like, I'm going to get everything. And then I would feel disappointed. 
So kids do this all the time. They build it up in their head of what the holiday is going to be like, what winter break is going to be like, how it's going to be amazing. And then they're just like, oh, wait, no, I'm just my regular self living my regular life. And it can feel a little bit disappointing. So your kids are going through a lot of emotion throughout the holiday season, especially if they think they're going to have a lot of fun or they're going to go on a play date or they're going to go, you guys are planning to go to Disneyland or something like that. And then everyone, people get sick and you have to change plans. Like those are feelings that come up for kids. Kids get bored. Kids get um, frustrated. There's a lot of sibling time. So all that is, all that to say is that you might want to grow a little bit of like in your compassion towards your kids, but the tendency during this period of time is to view your children's complaining or, you know, their dysregulation and see it as if they're selfish or spoiled. So I want to offer to you that it's not that your kids are like big, big brats that they're entitled and like indulging, you know, you, you know, whatever. You don't have to think of it that way. You can just think, okay, they're having emotion. They had something in mind. It's not working out. Or, wow, this is a really different kind of day. They're not used to staying up this late. Um, the other reason why the winter break and holiday season is stressful is because the adults are often very distracted because maybe we have guests or we're packing or we're, you know, prepping, prepping for extra baking or even like gingerbread or house decorating, whatever, or cookie decorating or you know, you're hosting some, th- some sort of event, you're busy while you're getting ready for it. Then you have people over and all that time you're doing it for your kid, but they're not experiencing you. They're not getting eyeballs. They're not getting connection. They're not feeling a part of it at all. And so they're over there getting dysregulated while you're trying to get it together. And then you come to do the thing and your kid freaks out or has like a meltdown and you're just like, what is wrong with you? I'm doing all this for you. (laughs) That they don't want the, they don't want the things. They want connection. They want to feel joy and peace and fun and play and, and run around. Right. And so they don't care about like getting the photo of them this year with the cookie. That's not on their agenda. And it's on ours. We have competing agendas at the time. So the more compassion you can bring, the more kind of awareness, like, okay, this isn't where they're at. This is hard. Or they're feeling disappointed. Bringing some some awareness will go a long way. It's not like you're going to like not set boundaries or not set limits. You are. But at the same time, having compassion helps when you set those limits. Your kid is much more likely to comply. Okay. So that's your tip for number one for kids is that your kids are feeling stressed too. Um, the number two and number three are similar. The, the second one is letting your kids know what's going on. So, you know, we talked about like the routines being disrupted. For your kids, it can be really confusing. Like, when are we going on that trip? When do we see grandma? What's happening? So one tip if they're younger is you can like create a little calendar or not a little one, like a big piece of paper, you know, construction paper, and you can write, write if they can read or draw little pictures of like today is this day, today is this day. And you kind of put what 
the activities are. If it's an airplane day, you put an airplane. If it's a, you know, long travel day, you put a car. Um, if it's, you know, a day they're going to open presents, you know, you put a present. And so that way they can kind of see visually what's happening and they know what's hap- They know what's going on. When we don't know what's happening or like we don't, it makes us not feel safe. That's how come you love having a calendar and you like getting data and you like getting information because it's like, okay, I know what's going on. I can handle it. That's a mindset. And so you want to help your kids, let them know what's going on. Now, I know that sometimes people don't like to tell their kids what's going on because in case plans change, they don't want to deal with the meltdown. I actually disagree with that philosophy. I think it's, I mean, of course you need to be able to handle that meltdown, but In general, it's better for your children to learn how to handle disappointment than to avoid feeling disappointed. And so letting them experience all the emotions is very healthy, especially when they're in childhood and they have an adult, a loving adult who can help coach them through their feelings. You said we were going to so-and-so's house. What happened? He's like, I know it's really hard to feel disappointed. Your feeling makes total sense. Of course you're upset. Now, some kids don't like it when we say that stuff aloud. No problem. You can just think it, hold, hold, hold their feelings in your own heart, right? In your own mind, knowing they're struggling. So don't avoid telling them the truth. Don't avoid telling them in order to protect them from disappointment. It's like disappointment happens. I'd rather, instead of protect my kids, I'd rather prepare them, you know, teach them how to handle all the feelings. That's the whole point of my work is to, you know, calm you and help you deal with your feelings so that you can emotionally coach your kids through theirs. That's the root of emotional health, right? Okay, so along the same lines, This is actually a really good tip. And I want you to think about this concept of previewing. So we often will tell kids like, okay, we're going to leave in five minutes or don't forget, like today we're going to so-and-so's house. And we tell them what's going to happen, like what the event is, which is good, right? Just said to do that. But what we don't do is we don't preview with them how those, those situations might be challenging or pre-problem solve what might come up. So I'd love for you to start thinking about, you know, okay, we're they're going to open presents. We're going to so-and-so's house. They're not going to, you know, they might get stuff they don't like. They might open up socks or whatever they, you know, or they might get a duplicate. So let's talk to them about it in advance of how they could handle that. So you can say, ask them like before, before you get somewhere, you can be like, hey, what are you going to say when, you know, Auntie Tammy gives you a present? What do you say when someone gives you a gift? They go, well, I don't know. You say, well, you say, thank you. Thank you. You look them in the eye and you say, thank you. I appreciate this. What happens if you don't like your present? And you can tell your kids, you might want to say, I already got this I have two of them. I don't like this. This is the wrong color. You might want to say that. You can think that. You can talk to me about that. But in the moment, I want you to say, thank you. 
I appreciate your present. Thank you. Right? So we're going to preview with them. We're going to problem solve. Like, what, what do you do when you want to leave the table? How do you ask? May I be excused? Right? So you're giving them the language and you're giving them the sentences in advance so that when the situation comes up, well, are they going to be perfect? No. But when you correct them, you say, uh, 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 remember. They go, oh, yes, thank you for the present. Or, uh, 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 nope, come back, come back, sit down. How do you ask? Can I be excused? Yes. So we're just training and helping them learn how to be polite, right? If if they don't want to hug a family member, if they don't want to like give their aunt a kiss or whatever, and they can say, I don't want to hug right now, but I'm happy to wave at you. So you can teach them how to set boundaries with other adults. What if they don't like what's being served at the table? I don't like this. This looks ugly. This is terrible. Why is it purple? Why is it green? Whatever. Um, instead of saying that, then you say, okay, what can you say instead? Just, you can just not eat. You can take a roll. You don't need to give your opinion about the food. You're not, you're not a, a guest at, um, you know, on a, on a cooking show. Okay. This isn't the great British baking show where you're the guest and the host and the, um, you know, the, the, with the judge, right? Okay. So that, that tip is really helpful in all of life, right? Like before we go to this birthday party, there's going to be a lot of sweets and I'm sure you're going to want to eat many of them. But remember, you can have one piece of cake or you can have whatever your boundary is. Um, so if someone offers you another one, what do you say? No, thank you. Right? That is a really helpful tool. Just, you know, previewing challenging situations. All right. So the first tip, compassion with your kids. Understanding holidays are hard. So they're just having that compassionate lens. Second thing, letting kids know what's going on. Third, previewing challenging situations. And then the fourth tip, and this is the one I'm going to leave you with, is keeping it simple. I kind of already alluded to this, is that when we have our like big, big exhale days, right, that take a lot of energy and we're out, we're not home for a long period of time, or there's just a lot going on, a lot of people, something like that, then you want to maybe have a day after as a buffer day or a, a rest day, a breathe-in day. So if you can think of this concept of like some days are breathe-out days and some days are breathe-in days. And if you've noticed that you guys have had a lot of breathe-out days in a row, a lot of activity, a lot of events, and you start seeing your kids misbehave, that's a really good clue. Like, huh, they might need a breathe-in day. Almost like a sick day, but you're not sick, right? Those are the best, <laughs> those are the best kind of sick days. When you act like you're sick and you stay home and you just, you know, eat soup and stay in your pajamas all day, those are the best days, especially if you don't feel bad. <laughs> so avoiding, this is also a strategy to not get sick, is to balance play and rest balance ex, you know, outside days and uh, like outward, you know, exhale days, like a lot of energy days with low energy days. And then keeping your routines to your like rhythm as much as possible. I do not want you to be strict about this. It is okay for kids to stay up late 
<laughs> my um, my brothers married a family whose tradition is to stay up. They used to, they don't do this anymore, but they would stay up until Christmas Eve at midnight, and they would open all of the presents. And they did with my niece. They kept her up. You know, she's like two years old, staying up till midnight. If you know, I could never, even as a little kid, I went to bed early. But you know, she would stay awake, and then funny enough, she'd show up at the. Christmas day, the next day with our family, and she'd be super sleepy and like wouldn't really be participating, which was fine. Um, so you, you can do it. You can change up the schedule. Your kids will adjust. Um, but there might be a couple little extra meltdowns and things like that. No problem. You can handle that. But then you don't want to have too many days like that in a row because then your kid's nervous system and well, you know, their physiological being starts to really struggle because their brain is like, I guess we have to keep up on all this cortisol because I don't know, things are really different around here. We got to stay vigilant. So their nervous system is going to be on hyper alert, hyper vigilant and hard to regulate itself. So that's why we keep our routines as close to close to normal as possible. You know, eating the food that they normally eat, uh, sleeping when they normally sleep, you know, having uh, your nap time, if you have a nap time, keeping to it as much as you can on days that it works. So that way you can have some flexibility and your kids can reset pretty quick. So those are the tips for you and the tips for your kids. And, you know, just for, for you, just realizing that you don't have to do it all. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to say yes to everything. You can say no. You can say no to extra noise. You can say no to extra activities. You can say no to, um, you can say no to stress and overwhelm, <laughs> really, and take really good care of yourself. And then for your kids, just the more that you are calm and present, the easier it will be for them to manage their emotions during the break. All right. If you are struggling during this winter break and you are like, oh my God, that was a terrible like situation. I need help. I am here for you. You can book a complimentary consultation with me. Uh, you can go to my website, calmamacoaching.com and get a link to the consultation and we can talk it out. I can help you decide if you want to join my, um, my coaching program, the six-week emotionally healthy kids or Emotionally Healthy Teens class, uh, or maybe work privately with me. That's also possible. So I'm here for you. You don't have to struggle alone. I know so many of you are getting a lot out of the podcast, and I love that, and I am so thrilled. Um, but if you want more, if you just or you just want to meet me and talk to me, book a session, and I'd love to chat with you. Uh, hopefully there'll be an opening whenever you get on there. All right, mamas, I am wishing you just the absolute best winter break. We still have one more episode before the holidays. Um, so that will be episode 100. So I'm planning a fun episode for that. Um, so this is episode 99. Can you believe it? And we're going to have episode 100 next week. But in the meantime, really, you know, slow your pace. Take really good care of yourself connect with your kids. It will be worth it. I promise. All right, mama, I will talk to you next week. 